One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Includes, but is not led to. Talk of Star Wars, not Reagan's. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song. But hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of they are divided For equal, sequel, hate, and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired And their time is up So here's the Knights of Vader Impressive Most impressive Thank you to N Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is September 21st, 2023. My name is Zach Weber, and joining me is Hotel Internet Chris. <laughs> hey, the blue man cometh. And we have Jonak the janitor. That's right. I'm captain of the janitors, baby. And making his long-awaited live-action debut, Grand Admiral Zenger. Dad, bod, and all. I am here. (laughs) Yes, folks. It is finally upon us. We have so much meaty, delicious Star Wars to dig into. I'm going to chew on it. Oh, I don't know. There's not much. It's not chewing. It's like melting in my mouth. It's that level of quality. Like, it's just that perfect, like, cooked steak Mm, that I just, like, I barely have to chew it. It's it's delicious. It is not steak at the Rainforest Cafe. Shrimp and prime rib, man. That's that's all these episodes are. It's just shrimp and prime rib. And it is yeah, delicious. Okay. You guys are getting carried away. It got cool at the 11th hour, and I will admit that. But it hasn't – it's not – I it's will not, have no negativity on the, for these two episodes. I forbode it. Well, yeah, don't don't be a negative Nancy, Chris. Like this, this is everything I hoped Star Wars could be. Like I want my point hammered home from last week's discussion. This this is the sequel trilogy. Like it happened. It only took almost ten years, but Disney figured it out. Yeah, and we're talking episodes five and six out of eight episodes, and that's that's my primary complaint. But carry on. Uh, statistically, we're doing good right now. Like, if the next two episodes are great, we have, like, an entire, like, half... I mean, not saying that the first part of this series wasn't good. It's just it keeps getting better. Like, they just keep on building. I mean, what, what could they build up to? Perfection? Well, They've already attained it. They're, they're mad. I, mad. I mean, I, Zenger, yeah. It's good. Zenger, you can kind of predict how the rest of this is going to go, and it's going to kind of be glorious. Is that episode... Wolves. Episode seven, The Force Awakens, is going to be Ahsoka shows up. It's going to be the reunion with Ezra and all that, like catching up what happened. And then the that episode is going to end with, oh, we got to stop Morgan Elsbeth and uh, Thrawn and uh, the Hocus Pocus sisters from going to like the main galaxy. And then that will be your end of episode seven. Then the beginning of episode eight is going to be, oh, like – like Thrawn traveling through light speed, which we already see from like one of the trailers. We see him like in the golden, like, oh God, like help, like, um, oh my God. Halo. Sure. Close enough. Sure. Um, yes, yeah, so you have him like, and again, we, we see him there and then it's going to be the new Republic and it's going to be, look at this ancient, like 
like early star destroyer we're gonna wipe the floor with them and it's gonna be him just like taking on like three new republic cruisers like all at once and just going right through them like and that's how your season one ends is him just decimating like a new republic fleet and it's gonna be uh uh-oh smash cut to like coming soon season two i have a star destroyer question i'll answer it in a moment um And then a thing at the end where it's like Thrawn will return in heir to the empire. Dark force rising technically That's at it. that point. Yeah. Anyways, what's your question that I can answer Chris? Um, when it showed the back of the chimera uh, and the, the sublight engines only were explicitly on, is that consistent with other live action uh, presentations of star destroyers in atmosphere? Like in rogue one, like are the primary engines like not lit? No, it's, I think it's showing that hold on. I'm right at the scene. I can go back to it. This thing's kind of wounded. It's it, it's barely chugging along. Okay, but it's supposed to. So, but isn't the the notion that they're going to somehow connect it to their hyperspace ring? Yeah, the hyperspace ring is going to do the heavy lifting there. Like, no, no, no. It, it because in Rogue One, I think in Rogue One it shows the the main three igniting. I think that yep, this yeah. is so damaged. It does above Jetta. I think this is so damaged that it's showing that, which by the way, side note, not only did I get in atmosphere chimera, I got in atmosphere battle damage chimera. Like you do not understand how perfectly this was done. Mm. <laughs> like haphazardly repaired. I know it's perfect. He read my dream journals. I only wish the aesthetic of Thrawn himself matched his troopers and Star Destroyer. Well, it's weird because it's like, why is he's not perfect? Like, if you noticed, he his his suit is not up to standard. But I think there's something weird going on with the night troopers. Man, that'd be funny if there was one like obviously like frayed seam on the shoulder or something. It's like, yeah, oh no, there I, there I, is. I there's only got one. He has several frayed seams on his um on his thing and his little okay. clip that the. At the top is frayed too. Well, I mean, uh, we we should probably um, I mean, we should probably uh, directly focus on um, the the silly episode that that uh, no comes before. Oh my god! Episode six. Don't, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna tolerate any of this heresy. Like I got okay. So up until episode six, like episode five was the greatest thing to ever happen to me as a Star Wars fan that didn't have the phrase the dead speak. And I was just I hate like, it. What? Nothing. You 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 you, you know <laughs> a, what I hate. Singer, it's a it's a car with square wheels. You can't hate it. Um that's it's the Anakin Ahsoka thing. And so I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast before. I, I've told it a lot in the last week or so, but the Clone Wars, the 2008 movie. I kind of can't overstate how big of a deal that was for me during that summer, like even being there for like the toy launch in July of 2008. And even I remember that was the first midnight movie I ever saw. And even going to the movie theater, I remember reading the Karen Travis novel, like in a dark car with like a flashlight because I was that excited for this. And like you read that novel and that novel plays it pretty straight. And then I remember again, like it's midnight, like the lights go down the theater and it begins with the Clone Wars. And like, it's very hokey. It's meant to like emulate like World War II propaganda. Yes, exactly. 
And so it not to say that it deflated me because I love the Clone Wars movie, but it's not what I anticipated that any of this would be. Watching episode five was the equivalent of 15 years of pent up just what were the Clone Wars? Like taking the Clone Wars seriously. Like in the Clone Wars is great. Like it had like the TV show has it has its highs, but this felt like it, it, it nailed it tonally, visually. Uh, even Hayden Christensen in the Clone Wars armor, like I will I'm say, watching that part right now. Good, and like even though his head is a little too small for that armor, like like proportionally speaking, it's a little off. I bought it, man. Like at no point during that was I like taken out of it. I know some people are bothered by the smokiness of it, Chris. It's meant to be ethereal. It's meant to be dreamlike. I don't get how that's a detriment. I get not liking it is a on a filmmaking level, but it conveys the fact that like it's meant to be foggy memories. I dug it, man. It's everything I wanted it to it be. It speaks the volume. Well, it's even that. Like you, like I will say, those sequences looked like as much as again. I love throwing the chimera and them like lowering the star destroyer onto the giant like rock. That was clearly your your three D rendering in real time. That like. To me, the Ahsoka Anakin flashbacks look better. It's like put it all in fog. If that makes you blur, blur the seams better, if that's the equivalent of digital Vaseline on the lens, I'll gladly take that over the the, the 2D backgrounds. It's not it's not that. It's just like there's they show three different battles in the Clone Wars and they all look exactly the same. I think for Mandalore they made like one piece of like broken architecture <laughs> that's like you know like it's, it's a like, memory it's her mind yeah. she's in that's an excuse to not build stuff and make cool backgrounds but that's fine yeah. i think, I think chris this is also television like there's a te- this is a television budget like they're not they're not dumping 300 mi- look what happened when they dumped 300 million dollars into a lucasfilm property as of late know. it didn't turn out too well the flat well they could have drawn it out and spent more and drawn it out over multiple episodes like like the the like the din the din jarin like saved little kid saved by death wash flashback like that was that was good stuff they they knew it they spent so much time on it they had to pad it through like eight episodes but like you, you know it's not really it's like it's one sort of narrative beat where like the first six times they show it it doesn't really add anything to the story until you actually see who saved him but I don't know. That's very clearly the Navarro scene just redressed, like that setting. Like if you go back to him having his little like Beskar armor being forged hallucinations, that's clearly Navarro just slightly dressed differently. Well, it's not supposed to be Navarro and it – you can actually see that it's a place. So I, I rate it a higher above these clone wars battles, which looked like a gymnasium floor. It's like captain Rex and Anakin are standing there towards the, the other basketball net. And we just put a bunch of smoke around them and you walk up to him and then, I don't know. It, okay. Whatever. Like Anakin, Anakin looked fine. The, his, he was, his acting was fine. As far as I'm concerned, the, the Ahsoka kid is weird to me. I think that's a, bad casting choice it's literally just like apparently it's the the girl they use for like every single younger version of one of their other characters like okay that's cool it's also the she got a good contract it's also america ferrera's daughter from the barbie movie same actress yeah which is means you should cast someone who is a good fit for the character not just like someone you literally have sitting on the shelf right there all right she did fine you're you're hating to hate nah she looks she looks like 
eight years old and she's, i don't know it's like it's maybe it's the makeup i don't know she looks like a child and it looks weird to me too because like ashley because she was a child during the clone wars they took her innocence they made her they made this padawan a warrior i know but in season seven of the clone wars like that's it's like a functional like agent of a character that does not seem like a kid so like it's just a little bit jarring going from season seven of the clone wars to seeing that's how it was supposedly actually looked i don't know but um but that's a minor part of the episode so that i think hayden skated by like through the skin of his teeth and like he's mostly avoiding criticism for what how that played out which is great and and i think you know it's just i think the bigger problem with that for me is like how is it all happening and why is it all happening? Well, it's finishing her training. It's the whole idea is that like when you go when she confronts Balin, this is she's very and it kind of explains the stoic nature she's had throughout the entire series so far is that it is from a place of just being reactive and just kind of surviving. And the whole confront I don't, I don't want to say confrontation, but the meeting of Anakin and the world between worlds is meant to finalize her training. That's the whole um, point. Even when he says to her, "Well, that thought's anger. But why? It, but it, how? But what? By what means is Anakin even there? Is what I'm saying. Well, um, but, but it's but it's it's the Harry Potter Deathly Hollows Part Two thing. Of oh God, Zinger, you're the Harry Potter person. It's oh my God, Dumbledore and Harry in like what was it? The White Void, and they uh, see they're the, at the they're at the um, King's um, Cross. Yeah. They're at King's Cross. It's it's that whole thing of uh, quote unquote. Yes, exactly, quote unquote. And Harry goes to Vol uh not Voldemort, the the Dumbledore and says, Is this real? And Dumbledore goes, Does it matter? And that's the point. And I know Chris is gonna disagree with that on a philosophical level. Yeah, because if it's not actually Anakin, then the what's the point of the interaction? It's like you, you, not Anakin a picture of Anakin can't finish your training. It's not true. But the point too is that this this is somebody who had to learn. Think about that. Is that she she as a child she's abandoned from the order. Like they try to throw her under the bus for the murder of the whole of the Jedi Temple bombing, and she had to kind of figure it out all along. And Anakin shows up. Like again, we're inclined to believe it's him because he does make a couple of offhand comments. Like during the siege of Mandalore, he goes, "I don't remember this." Nope. Like we're inclined to believe that it is some form of him. It's not just Uh -uh. a vision. So, but are but are we okay? But are we saying? Um, because like because when she says we we um we parted ways before that, it sort of implies like the version of him that's talking to her is like the ghost like who has like no because like because we because so basically you were saying what zach said last time where at some point during the clone wars he just went into the world between worlds that that is 100 percent wrong like to be fair that was conjecture and that that was i think now wrong that was a wrong assumption to make so a force ghost can just go in there at any time and actively pull someone out that's not a force ghost but the thing, but that's a th- Chris. The world between worlds is not this thing with like concrete rules to it. It's not a cookbook. You can't just simply it, say like, okay, if I put these ingredients, it opens up. I think it it, it behave again. Not to use the the tried and true saying, the will of the force, but I think it's that idea that 
what when the situation calls for. It's no different than Luke escaping from the Wampa and Obi-Wan showing up saying, to the Dagobah system, you must go. It's it's that same level. Okay. It's intervention. Well, uh, it's also – go ahead. <clears throat> I mean, I guess the fact that she's found – nearly dead exactly where she fell off the cliff sort of gives Filoni the 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 uh emergency escape button that says it could have all just been in her head and there it is that's true this is not the force ghost of anakin this is her memory of anakin this is her like what she thinks of Anakin. This has nothing to do with the actual Force Ghost Anakin. What have for- Force Ghosts have never been shown, but in what way? Anybody? Blue and glowy? Bingo. They have never been shown as anything but the world between worlds, this mysterious thing. But I just think she's in limbo of between life and death. And this is her battling with herself on what she wants. To truly be that is why Anakin becomes Vader that is why Anakin because she has that fear within her that knowledge within her the Anakin that we saw at the end of Jedi would never return to that Vader form ever there would be no point to it and it would ruin what he did so this is purely her memory of him interacting with her in my opinion. And I think that that way it is an amazing art form to do it that way. And anyone who says otherwise is wrong and I will not hear it. I'm, I'm feeling more, I'm feeling like that's more what's going on because it's sort, it is a little bit, I feel like it's a little too performative uh, for the most enlightened, uh, repented child murderer to like behave that way purely for effect. It's like, like I said, it, it's, it's 100%. It's just her memory of him interacting with her. And it's great. Oh, it's, it works phenomenally well. I think so it's better than if, 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 if he came there all blue and like, it's, it would be too reminiscent of Yoda and um, what, Luke. So it's in, episode uh, nine, Han Solo is what you're saying, basically. Yeah, it, it would be too reminiscent of that. This is too, this is perfect. It being her memory and and her like in limbo between like, is she dead? Is she alive? It's her having to decide to fight to be alive. I would drop the mic, but it's expensive. No. Yeah. I mean, I think the, that it's, I I think Filoni is just like, it could be that it could be real. And because she gets found in the exact same place, she fell off the cliff. It's like Filoni just doesn't have to answer the question. Yep. That's pretty much by design, I assume. But you, can also, but you can also make the argument about Rebels in the World Between Worlds there. It's the same po- – like, again, it's either an intentional portal or you have that ability. Like even, again, going back to Rebels Season 2 finale where Ahsoka pull, uh, Ezra pulls Ahsoka out, it's it, – that's clearly not a, a specific portal, that, that Sith temple. It's not a portal. But he ha- he had to go in through a portal in the first place though. But at the same time, too, we're talking about potentially, potentially Force Ghost Anakin. And so, like, if you uh, have the ability to do these sort of things, why would that be out of the bounds? It's like Anakin's like, I want to use the world between worlds to sit there, uh, help Ahsoka get through this. 
And Yoda and Obi-Wan are like, no, 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 my dude, that's level 35. You're only at 29 right now. There, Come back in but, a few rotations. But I don't think there's any point to it. I don't think him coming back and actually teach. I think her with her memory of him and because she I 100 percent think that they set up that she is battling with the fact that he became Vader. Well, and that she well, has to. Part, well, but I think part that. of it, too, is that now again, I don't think it's a thing about like. If if it is Anakin, as in like the consciousness of Anakin that survived through the uh, through the cosmic force, I don't think the idea of him going back and forth into Vader that could be her mind. I don't know. It's a combination. Again, I think he's there. I don't subscribe I, to the fact that it's solely a hallucination. I don't subscribe. To I that. I subscribe to it that it's some weird force thing and that it's just her memory of him in interacting with it. That's my theory. Jason Sudeikis was on the edge of the beach with Chopper and heard the lightsabers. Yeah, that still doesn't mean that it couldn't have been her or he could have been, like, tapping into her mind through the Force. Yeah, he's just reading her mind. That's not – since when have you ever seen that in Star Wars? Someone's reading somebody else's mind as they're, like, drowning in water. How is that more easily digestible? I I say it's very digestible, Like like, like a fine paste. Exactly, that like binds your intestines and you can't poop for weeks. That sounds very digestible. Your body's going to soak up that nutrients. It's exactly what happens when uh, when Palpatine reminds Anakin about the, the sand people and you hear like a sand people scream. Anakin was just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, if some force user was walking by, they would have been like, why are there, why are there um, sand people, Tuscans in this, in this place? It's weird. I don't know why I'm doing Lucas, but that's he, – <laughs> he's like, oh, man, we're going to have it that way. Also, I think we can settle the argument out of five X-Wing pilots. Yes. There are, there are three X-Wings, but how many pilots are there? Five. No, because we don't see the Rodian, and we don't see another one of them. So, But there are these weird two other pilots that just pop out of nowhere – periodically but they're definitely not the two that mysteriously got hit and blew Maybe up they're on autopilot the other the other two i i, I still don't we have confirmed objections no we have confirmed that there's three x-wings and then two mystery pilots that sort of wander around the ghost i wonder if Hera like had like shabby like uh, gunner, like stand-in gunner pilots, kind of like the guys who got deleted scenes from Return of the Jedi, who were like the stand-in like gunner. You maybe there, maybe those were like extra people who were just on the ghost, and those two pilots actually died. But I love how they die, and no one seems to give a crap. Like they're gonna go report back. Do you think you should give a report back if you have a squadron of five people and two of them are missing, dead, and two ships are gone? It was never mentioned. Yeah, that's the funny part. She's like, it well, is so I, like in it's slap in the face. She's like, I'll just I'll guess I'll just use my rank as general to get out of this. Uh, shucks. It's like to, to get out of this blatant murder. But how on earth can the New Republic like Hera has footage, I imagine, of the Super Star Destroyer engine being like carted off by like ex-Imperials. How like imagine again, let's make this real world for a second. Let's say there's like a nuclear turbine from an aircraft carrier like on a boat, like being ferried to North Korea. And it's like, well, I'd like to pursue them, please. Well, you have no evidence that they're doing this. 
but I literally do. Yeah, well, you know, Zach, it's kind of like how your government like had three <laughs> Navy pilots testify about aliens chasing around the F-16s and whatnot, and literally no one cares, including you. You know, you are not authorizing Excuse more me. spending Excuse on the me. aliens. Until the New Republic government is presented like like a charred ET corpse of like a blue alien with like glowy red eyes, I completely... <laughs> I, I mean, completely the Navy pilots filmed... Them. The Navy pilots filmed stuff that is not jets. So whatever, dude. I guess that's fine. But- Do you really want me to have this conversation? Zanger, you have to have a take on all this. What, on the UFO thing or just in general? All of it, I'm Zanger. explaining why the New Republic d- is not authorizing funding to Zach, and it makes perfect real-world sense. I guess. like if you, I guess if you want to look at it that way, like in the most cynical way possible, I get it. It so also makes sense that the New Republic is like, after what we see in the Mandalorian, like they just don't care. Like it's a very squabbling delegates. It's like just like exactly. Palpatine said in Episode One. They're just you know it's bureaucracy gone awry. If only he had stayed in charge, you know. <laughs> okay, so taking the argument about the world between worlds aside, because is there how much more do we want to delve into that? Because I feel like it's just going to develop. It was done perfectly, and it was amazing, and I love every bit of it. I second and that it's not, notion. And it, and it's not actually the world between worlds as we just established. It, it, oh my god! I, it makes me angry, Zanger. Like Zanger, do you agree it's the world between worlds? I agree that it's that that in your heart you believe it's the world between worlds. <laughs> I, you know what? It, it's 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 the friends we made along the way. That's what oh it my is. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So yes, you have that. I think some again. There's some really cool dialogue exchanges between the two of them. The I'm not going to fight you, and then him saying I've heard that before, which which is a cute little wink and nod to a couple things, depending on how you want to look at your Star Wars history. And then head even, on, yes, smashing even, against the wall, indeed. And then even him with the red lightsaber, which Chris, I imagine you remember, like back in the day in the early 2005 time period. The I we we really didn't know for a while. Like if Anakin was going to have the red lightsaber in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Like, luckily, remember the toy? The, remember the toy like yes. had the color changing feature? Yeah. yeah luckily, yeah. the luckily the the uh, absurd concept of kyber crystal bleeding was not yet invented. And Lucas probably thought, you know, it's a little bit crass for Anakin to actually take the time to rebuild his lightsaber red during this like two or three hour period where everything hits the fan. And I am so glad that's what they landed on. I thought Chris, it was they. Chris. I thought they said they like much like how in Return of the Jedi, him having a blue lightsaber, kind of like you lost the definition of that, like on the sail barge. Wasn't it the same argument for him having a red lightsaber on Mustafar? I think so. If it's purely yeah. aesthetic, that's better than the idea of kyber crystal bleeding. But oh it also, I just, I just hadn't come up with the idea for for kyber crystal bleeding yet. Well, I just I don't mean, know. It, how was, it, it was something I was going to get to, but but there was a special. A, a, a buffet special at the local local yes. Chinese restaurant and I yeah. just had to go there yeah uh, well you know it's stop stop reminding us about good Star Wars stuff Zach episode 3 aside um, this uh, is good Star Wars content that's why it's reminding me of it's it. oh my god it's all amazing it is amazing thank you Zanger but yes the idea of him having the red like his lightsaber was reminiscent of that I guess I like the whole idea of him fighting Ahsoka at the end. 
yeah. in that whole kind of little exchange where she does the same thing to him that he did to Count Dooku and she throws the lightsaber away. Like I said, man, there's some, there's, I guess I don't think it's profound. I don't think it's reinventing the wheel, but it's, it's, it does everything that it needs to do for a, a, a Star Wars TV show of the, of, of what, how five movies in half a dozen TV shows or seasons of TV. Like, yeah. think about it. it it's well, doing what it needs to do. Sort of. I think that the, 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 uh, uh, at some point, clearly the intention of it was to sort of get, uh, allow Ahsoka to put her feelings towards Sabine in perspective. But I mean, sh- I mean, shortly after she gets in the, in the space whale with Hu Yang, she's already still like, yeah, I don't know about that, Sabine. She pretty much ruined everything. And it's like, weren't weren't you supposed to like like emotionally grow from the experience you had yesterday? I don't know. She is going, Chris. It's simply because you go to the gym once doesn't mean that you like become a bodybuilder overnight. <laughs> well, that's like that's not going to the gym once. That's like when that's like a, a like a like a like you're never gonna have that experience again. So. I don't know. I was close Technically, to like, it's the second time it's happened to her. It's a near-death experience she had. Literally. That's enti- it's all, that's, in, that's Ahsoka's entire life is near-death experiences. Like, you can probably take, like, what? Like, 40 instances to finally, like, bag them all together? If only she had remembered to pull her uh, little Jedi rebreather out of her pocket before she fell in the water. <laughs> She's no Jedi, Chris. Depends okay. what day you ask her. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, any anything else about this episode, or do we want to delve into um, Grand Admiral Thrawn? Um, I will say that um, I, I as I basically uh, I basically hate the concept of Jason Sindula, but he he didn't really bother me in that uh, uh, part part five. I thought he was okay. He wasn't as annoying as I thought, considering he somehow like quasi magically saved the day, but he shouldn't look like that. <laughs> that's, that's all. You know, he, he still needs great. to be, his hair needs to be greener and skin more orange. He needs to just look like a mutant monstrosity and then I'd be happy. Well, we all can't have what we want, can we? All right, so the beginning of part six. What did we think of Hu Yang and Ahsoka? And they're talking about like the stories of like of yesteryear. And he's talking about they come in three parts. And she's like, I always preferred the first part. Like Chris, did you like did you groan or did you kind of like do a nice little like smile when that happened? Well, you know what? It's better than anything we got in the sequel trilogy. I'll god dang stand by that. I mean, at well, least this humor is well timed and well written. Yeah, and it's sort of, I don't mind the sort of fourth wall breaking. Like, they've been doing that for a long time, like, with the the idea of the, the Journal of the Wills being, like, an in-universe thing, too. So the whole a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away thing. That, that, I, like, that had the chance to be, like, ultra cringe, and I think they got away with it, and it, it didn't bother me. Perfectly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, it just, um... You know, it's as far as like uh, I always like the first one the best. Like that is too, that's too ambiguous because you know that could either mean chronologically the first one or uh, or release order the first one. Either way, are we going to do this? 
We're going to do this right now. We're going to argue how you watch these. This as the original trilogy. Yeah, I interpret it as the original trilogy. Oh, really? Well, does, how do you watch them? You watch them one, in, two, in release order like a sane person. Tanger, oh, it doesn't matter because either way, it's not the sequel trilogy. And that's the one Filoni doesn't <laughs> like, but he's not you know allowed what? to say it. You know what? We can agree on that. At least we all can sit here and agree on that. Zach, I'm looking at only- you. I can only hope that so there's a deleted scene where she looks directly into the camera. She's like, my favorite was part nine, the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> and you just see like the Debbie Downer SNL like sound. Womp, womp. Yeah, but that hasn't happened yet. So she can't say that. <laughs> she hasn't had a chance to. Chris, how is Ahsoka able to talk to Ray during the events of Exegol? Better yet. Why? If, if, if okay. So, all right. I'm glad you. I forgot to mention. Um, I'm. Nope. For, I forgot to mention. How right. dare they not dub that girl with Ashley Eckstein? Because for because it makes even less sense that her voice is in Episode Nine now. And not only that, but like who's who? Like whose feelings are they protecting? This girl literally just portrays younger versions of other characters. Overdub her with Ashley Eckstein. What the heck was that? Um, Chris, who? I don't know what the actor's name. The cares, but why? There was all this crap about like, well, we wanted Ashley Eckstein to do something in this show. Like, it, like it's it's like five lines. You know they did it and then looked at it and decided against it. Man, Chris is just di- Chris is just dying on this hill for the Ahsoka flashbacks during the Clone Wars. Well, it's just like they were. You you guys realized they were. We moved on. No, but I mean, you. but you brought up episode nine, Ashley Eckstein, which makes absolutely no sense now that Ashley Eckstein is not the live action voice of Ahsoka, even as a child. Rant over. They didn't know that yet. Give it time. When J.J. Abrams releases the special editions of seven to nine, then he'll correct that. In 20 years. At gunpoint, Disney has, like a, has a gun to his back. <laughs> Change the voice of Ahsoka, J.J. Change it. He's like, I'm still in prison. Like, I'm still in director's <laughs> jail. Meanwhile, the voice actor for Thrawn is literally in the show, but Ashley Eckstein is not the one scene of Child Ahsoka. Like, it's unthinkable. But anyways, carry on. Are we still here? I mean, okay. yeah. I, I wasn't going to say anything because he cut out and I'm like, I'm afraid to start talking because it's going to okay. stop recording. Sorry. I, think it, I think it recorded me finishing my uh, very accurate and thoughtful point. So, you know. You know what? Well, I'm going to give it to you. I don't know what it is, but I'm just going to leave it alone because we're about to talk about more perfection. Okay. Yes. All right. So we have... We have Balin, Shin, and Morgan Elsbeth, and I still can't take that name seriously, arrive on the planet Peridia. Chris, have we ever heard of this planet before? Oh, God, no, you you missed like one of the greatest moments, I think. Oh? When they show up and it shows the ring around the planet and it's just bones. It yeah. is a freaking graveyard. And I'm like, man, someone read Invincible and there will be people that get that reference. But anyways, I'm like, that is hardcore. I love it. Death in Star Wars. Let's have more of it. Well, that's that's why I'm asking, because apparently it's like the end of the route for like Pergill. Yeah. So like when these things like take off, do they just like are they like a bus that just goes to the end of the line and don't stop along the way anywhere? 
It's like he's he's. It's a reference to Sam and how they go to their birthplace when they go to die. That's mm. all it is. It's a reference to what? Is this some weird Canadian pronunciation of what I think you just said? What? What? Yeah, I don't know how you say salmon. Sorry. Oh, okay. I just heard Sam, and I was like, I I know you're trying to say salmon, and or for okay other Sorry. people Ho- salmon. Ho- hotel internet people, if you haven't picked up on it yet. <laughs> okay. Ask what they call rubber band, Zenger. Hoagie togies. <laughs> All right. That Canadianness aside. So yeah, so they end up on the planet Peridia. We we see the giant rock in the sky. One thing I will say, you know, I like the look it's, of Peridia. I got a Dune vibe from this, like a very I, heavy Denis Villeneuve really? Dune. I I got a heavy um. Dang, someone must have been watching Return of the King recently. Well, yes, that's also there because Cowboy Hat Man has said he he uses Lord of the Rings as like a focal point for a lot of this. Well, I mean, let's take a look at this. Um, somebody just died and came back as um, Ahsoka the White. Well, so. as we just established, Singer, she didn't die. She just almost died and had an hallucination. Eh, Gandalf dead, whatever. Who knows? Gan- when Gandalf ass. died... When Gandalf Did he? died, Did he, we want to have this discussion now too? Oh. I'm just saying when Gandalf died, he uh, got uh, the space gods gave him a new set of robes and he also re-crash landed in Middle Earth on an asteroid. Ahsoka did not do that. I should could have, man. She could have landed. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to die on this hill. Anyways, continue. Oh, wait. Are you saying Dune vibe because the. Um, yes. Because of the ship? Well, the Chimera or the... And the whales. No, 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 no. The, the little gold ship that flies down because that's very, um, what's well, his name, too. Dune? Well, Not yeah. the good Dune. The well, bad one. There's no... Well, there was, Zang, there's only one bad Dune in my book and you know which one that would be. Not the new one? It is. I the, mean, the new one? Yes. Oh, David sad. Lynch Dune, man. Like, which movie has Sting shirtless in it? Questions I never thought I'd need the answer to, but... Somehow oh yeah, that's another hill I'll die on. Like David Lynch Dune forever. Like it's 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 again, it's it's a mess, but at least it's entertaining. I'm not bored through it. Um it doesn't have Jason Momoa being stupid. Anyway, though, conversation for another day. So yes, I got some major Dune vibes, just even like the weird like statues that are like kind of jetting out of the dirt. Um, like yeah. yes, Anger, the gold ship that detaches from the giant donut, and when it lands, obviously on the rock formature in the sky. The Sanderson sisters were great. Love seeing them again. Nice to see they get work outside of uh, Hocus Pocus 2. And um, the arrival of the Chimera. Like, oh, it was perfect. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I have to say, like, go, like going into this, I, I am kind of shocked that they did give us Thrawn by episode six. I swore he was going to be saved for the last 15 minutes of episode eight. <laughs> and that was going to be your tease, your, your hook into season two. I, I, I don't want to jump too far ahead because a lot happens with, with the Sanderson sisters and Balin and Shin and like the, their whole thing is like it reeks of Jedi. And I'm like, like okay, like you, you have me wondering what's going on right now. Well, they, they also fulfill their task for their namesake to Shin and Balin. Do we? Is there? Um, they go to a, chase the sun and the moon. Ha ha. Do we know? Um, ignorant question. Is there like a correct answer for how old the Jedi Order is in canon? 
if the, the timelines book was in front of me, I'd be getting it right now. Okay. Oh, man, I don't Only know if that's a power of the shattered. internet. But I'm just saying, like, it seems like so. Like, how long has it been since this portal was opened up? That's the thing. That's what I'm kind of wondering. Because, like, are these Night Sisters like a thousand? Or like, like how old are they? Because that's not how Thrawn and Ezra got there. They got there by accident because of the whales. And apparently, you can just sit in the whale's mouth, and you don't need to do all go through all the work of making a hyperspace ring. But um, <laughs> Chris is mad. It's like, God damn it, Balin and Morgan Elsbeth, you could just ride in the space Dude, whale's Ahsoka mouth. Dude, Ahsoka just parked in the simple. mouth. You can you, you can even keep your ship. With a seat belt. No, you just you just put like whatever ship that can fit in the whale's mouth. Twenty five thousand plus BBY. Yeah, according to Wikipedia. Source Wikipedia. Okay, so who's <laughs> the source in Wikipedia? So, Go down the rabbit's hole, Zanger. Just keep going. Oh God, on gonna, okay, no, I just you know I'm just trying to establish like was the Jedi if this portal hasn't been used in like two thousand years, those witches could still know what Jedi are. I, I guess can't wait for um for Yoda to know about it. Yeah, he's like that old thing. No big Because, of course, we need to throw Yoda at everything because that's the only thing people understand, apparently. There, there, there has to be something during the High Republic era that touches upon this, I imagine. Or oh, God, if only I read more of the books. I didn't. Well, okay. So, yes, Chris. I, it's, it's very similar, logically speaking, to the whole thing during Jedi Survivor and Dagon. Like, it's very similar to that. It's... It, it's it's a path like a very grown over path that once was traversed. I, I don't think it's that far of a leap. Well, it, it, well, I mean, it depends how literally you want to like take what they're what they're saying because like if you're talking about like, I mean, they sh I guess they sh literally show how far apart the two galaxies are like in 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 uh, relation to each other on one of those map scenes, and like you know you're talking about like a hyperspace jump that's like 20 times at least the longest possible one you could do inside the galaxy. So like, you know, I, 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 I was actually genuinely surprised they didn't try and like put a tiny bit of emphasis on that. But like, you know, it took about a standard Disney era hyperspace trip to get to this other galaxy. Don't bring your science into this show. How dare you? Well, that's, it's cool that it, they actually had to calculate the jump because it's not, it's it's you know it's kind of like when it's kind of like when uh, your country went to the moon you know they they didn't start they didn't leave in the direction of the moon they left in the direction of where the moon would be in like three days the bandits like the marauders that are just make Tuscan raider noises and who live on this planet um, they must just be like dudes who like got caught up in whale mouths and just like got stuck there and could never figure out the way off like because if 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 you can just sit in the whale there should be like tons of back and forth between alien species from both galaxies so like you know there's probably just regular dudes on like all kinds of planets in this galaxy chris i'm just wondering who the, the, the armor <laughs> hey the marauders could be could be the ancestors of the tuscan raiders oh i like it that's why they it's, have gaffy sticks it's that invalidates just... boba fett's vision and the tree. Yeah, they bring a tree with them. 
And that's why Tatooine is okay, Zinger. It was a water planet. So the whales go to water even though they fly in the sky. Exactly. Mm. Zanger, how come how come Thrawn never searched literally the only settlement on the whole planet for Ezra because he was just sitting on like some porch there having a cigarette? I don't think he gave a crap. I honestly don't think Thrawn felt he was a a threat to him. Just him. Okay. I, I honestly think Thrawn is enough of a tactician to know that he still has an operational, well, vaguely operational Star Destroyer and could have orbitally bombarded the entire planet by this point. But he's a tactician. He's like, there's no tactical benefit for me to waste time, time and resources that I have a limited supply of to go hunt for someone who... Um, now that I'm stuck here, he's also stuck here. We're both off the board. Who really gives a crap? I've got I've got gold paint to to put these things back together with. So what? Do you, so you're clearly pleased with how Thrawn uh, was represented. What do you think of Ezra? I think he could have used a, to be a little bit crazier and like more more traumatized from. It's being only a been five years. years. Five years? Okay. Hasn't it? No, it's been more than that because the because Lafal is like one BBY, and then what? Uh, three years from a New Hope to Empire, and then what? Six months to a year, roughly to Jedi. So that's five years, and then what? Mandalorian time period is six years after. Oh, Return so it's more Jedi. like ten. Yeah, you think he'd so have like, a bigger hobo beard? Because also, cause remember, keep in mind that Ezra was born uh empire day so like that's so he's again he's about he's the same age as luke at this time period hmm so like so yeah he, ultron luke skywalker and him are about the same age oh uh, yeah i don't know he just it, it, like there's something about like and i know they're on a timeline here something about her finding him and like him being in like perfect mental health feel that felt a bit convenient to me but like why would why wouldn't he be in perfect mental health like it's he's a he's living he was always in rebels mr like living creatures man like he found a group of people like he's taking care of himself like thrawn's not crazy like it's it's the equivalent of remains to be seen i don't know man clearly they're not going to go the route we thought they're going to go in I, Ezra should have been like Tom Hanks in Castaway. That's all I'm yeah. saying. He should have just been like out of his mind. Like when Darth Maul was found in the well, garbage dump, I wanted him like that. But that's Ezra no, no. in half. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Ezra left the series, left Rebels thinking he saved the day. Like he took Thrawn off the board. He saved the day. And he is happy with that knowledge, which is why there's that contradiction real quick where he's like, I... We we did win, right? Well, like, but you know, it's it 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 just seems like I guess we're gonna they're gonna deal with that in the next episode because he doesn't know, you know, she sort of avoided telling him how she got there and what a disaster and I that whole situation is. I appreciate the fact of her being like, I don't want to ruin this moment. Like that was a nice touch. I thought that was an amazing touch. But is he not at all concerned that her mere presence there is gonna? in some way potentially enable Thrawn to come back with them. Like, uh, like that would be almost such a potential hazard that you almost wouldn't want her to show up, don't you think? It's mm. interesting. I think the happiness of seeing somebody you're familiar with is 
the important uh, part those here. Those little rock creatures, man. I wonder if they're born with the rock and straps. No, no I'm, I'm telling you, hermit crabs. Yeah, hermit there's people. hermit crabs. Hermit I, hobbits. I think I saw definitely straps hobbits. on them. I got, I got, I got they hobbit hold their, feeling. their little shells with them. It would have been funny if one of them was using like a stormtrooper helmet as a shell, like you know, and real hermit crabs use tr beach trash as shells when, <laughs> and it's like pathetic and sad and speaks ill of humanity. It'd be fun to see one of those guys like. Well, wearing, wait, like, how are they using all the dead stormtrooper parts? They need them to put them back together to keep them alive. I'm gonna stop. No, Thrawn was eating those troopers. That's why he's so nice and big and plump. <laughs> yeah, somebody he was eating good. Somebody, <laughs> somebody he was, was showing like those bastards. Like the subtitles call the stormtroopers like night troopers or I, something. I posted that. They referred to yeah. as night troopers in the subtitles. As in, which like by the way, design wise, mwah, amazing. Didn't know I wanted yeah. it. Perfect, love it, awesome. Yeah. Also the um, the one um. Oh my gosh, I'm Enoch. The, yeah, e Enoch's mask is an allusion to one. I'm guessing the. Death mask of um oh my gosh why am I Me Meliodas Me not Meliodas Menelaus uh, one one of the Greek generals from the Trojan War Me Menelaus um it's it's an allusion to his death mask which also implies these guys are dead well we're we gonna get zombie we're, we're we're gonna get death troopers yeah well we but already had a a a a knight. Uh, Inquisitor, so uh, maybe this whole army of stormtroopers that would take a lot of go witch I, energy, though. To have I, the whole but that's I've what Mother the Talzin did in Clone Wars. I've seen the theory, and I'm not too like keen on it. I just think that they kind of were out in the wild and same because they're because because Thrawn says something about like how their numbers have dwindled, and if you can just resurrect them, they would he'd have exactly as many as he started with. Yeah. But there's a difference between resurrecting somebody and then like it, resurrecting somebody's like oh they get like I'm gonna make a poorly timed joke impaled and being able Oof. to resurrect them versus like oh somebody gets like I don't know eaten by the wolf creature that Sabine's riding. There's a difference like there's certain things you can resurrect, other things you cannot. <laughs> there has to be enough left over for to resurrect. Exactly. Them. But like I, I think. Just real quick to go back to Chris's point about Ezra not being more like crazed. I think they're not doing when it comes to like what's fueling Thrawn. They're not doing the heir of the Empire thing of it being like a crazed clone Jedi. It's going to be Night Sister magic because even if you look in the subtitles, like Zenger said, they're spelling magic differently. It's what M A G I C K. Like that's how they're spelling it. Yeah. So clearly, this is going to be a new term to the lexicon for Star Wars. Because Thrawn, what what does Thrawn have trouble with in everything he's he's adapted to? He doesn't understand uh, Jedi sorcery. Yep. So he's trying to counteract that by doing this whole thing with helping them or working with them or something. Because because they're like, oh, well, the catacombs. I'm like that has something to do with Night Sisters. That isn't like them resurrecting a ton of stormtroopers or something. Yeah, those are definitely sarcophagus that they're loading onto his ship of what I do not know. Something hilarious I'm, and, and fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Palpatine clones. Um, Moff Gideon clones. Perfect. Um, no, I mean, like, like I said, it's one of those things we're going to find out. 
Thrawn, I, I'm I'm liking the whole tactician part of him. Like he's obviously very still they're, they're at least going with him being the tactical genius, so I'm very excited to see how they utilize that going well, forward. The thing like is, I, is he, when he saw when he saw Balin, he said that, that they're all cut from the same cloth and he's gonna be very something like to the fact that he's he knows exactly what he's going for, probably because he has those things in the in the crates. He's going to rebuild the temple from that place onto the Chimera, just like he did with the other place from Lothar, Lothal. Hmm. So when he goes there, it's going to be gone, what he's looking for, the portal, because he's going to have it on the ship, and he's going to leave him there. I'm, I'm still wondering what Balin's up to. There's something he's well, doing. I I want to I want to touch upon that because that is again the last scene we see of him and Shin is with the the weird bounty hunter people or um, the uh, marauders, and as they're going again back and forth with each other, like he like they have this very like, he has like it's everything. He, I like Ray Stevenson in this role, but he's much like what Rosario Dawson is doing. He's being like the dialogue's too cryptic. And I know, but like it's it, he's speaking in like rhymes, but cryptically, and yeah. and it's just weird. Like well, it's ha- peculiar. Well, you know, how about the t- part Zach where he said that where he basically explained why the sequel trilogy is is garbage when he said that he's just trying to break the cycle of the repeating Empire versus Rebellion over and over again because it's just so stupid. You remember he was like, yeah, it's like, what is the notion that he has of breaking that cycle? It's not just putting Thrawn in power because that's just enabling the cycle to continue. So it's like, it, I, it, you know, it's like, it's like we're, it's like you were saying the other week, like he knows about there's some, some alternative threat that is not the new Republic. And that's why he wants Thrawn around. Well, like the, the specifically touch upon what's said. And this is just reading the Wikipedia summary because it, it condenses it. Hadi asks her master if he knows the one Ren seeks so desperately. Skull answers that he does not, as Bridger was trained as a Boken Jedi in the wild after the fall of the Jedi Temple. Hadi likens herself to Bridger in that way, but Skull asserts that he trained his apprentice to be something more. Hadi asks and what if is Skull, that? You, you have Google. Hadi asks if Skull missed the order. Skull states that he missed the idea of the order, but not the truth or weakness of it, claiming there was no future there. When Hadi wonders if her master saw a future on Peridia, which she regarded as a wasteland, Skull states that the plant once held the witch kingdom of the Dathomiri, as confirmed by the presence of the Great Mothers. Hadi fears that there may be a good reason the Night Sisters wanted to leave Peridia, but Skull reveals that he felt something stirring there, calling to him. At that moment, bandits approach the two, but Skull discourages violence, saying that the enemy of one's enemy is one's friend. Which is clearly not from anything other than Alien vs. Predator. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Yeah. So, again, the whole thing about the whole Balin story has to wrap up in the next two episodes. It just has to. I, I think it's possible that they, if if he wasn't meant to die, that they wouldn't have changed this season. It, uh, but like, and they're just going to leave themselves like a problem to address later on. Um, but uh, it's it's the way he's talking. It sort of feels like his 
his uh, his fate is sort of written. You know, like the way he's like <laughs> he's the the way he just delves into these speeches. It kind of makes you feel like he he knows that his uh, his his time's running out. It sort of sounds that way. Well, I get Qui Gon vibes from him. Like I think of him as like like evil funhouse mirror Qui Gon. Yeah. Well, I just you know I just it's it, it's I just what I'm not crazy about is like it's sort of the way he's talking. It's like him and Shin have. It seems like they would have conversationally gone deeper into like what this other threat he's worried about is, and but they're just sort of tap dancing around it. Mm. Like I don't mm. think when he says he wants to break the break the the cycle, I don't think he's talking about just installing Thrawn in power to do that. I think he's trying no. to go back in time. Back in time. But Thrawn already found the way that to go back in time, and he's putting it on the ship. Back in time. There. <laughs> okay, Zach, are you still here? I can't tell with all these cameras off. Um, no, I'm still here. Like all right. Joe and I have talked about this in real life, and I disagree with that. Um, I don't Same. think I don't think there's gonna be any time travel shenanigans. I think. Back he, in, no, oh, sorry, you didn't say it. It's if you're sitting there, sitting there talking about the world between worlds then what's going to happen is there's, there's an alternate plane of existence and he's going to go on it and he's going to go through the portal like Ezra did. And he's going to go back to a point. He's going to try to go back to a point where none of it actually happened. Wait a second. He's going to, he's going to do what? He's going to go back in time. Back in time. And he's going to go to a point where he can stop this from happening. Nah. Eh. That's the power that he's looking for. He's not looking for. He doesn't care what happens to this reality. He's going to a new reality. Uh, that's too marvelly. That's that's that, that's the path I see it going through. I was about to say, um, Cowboy Hatman isn't crazy with Marvel levels of writing yet. I I don't disagree, but at the same time, I'm like, I I just feel it would be too hacky to do that. So. The same thing they try to do with Rebels uh, in the, season, in the, the series finale. The Emperor is trying to tempt him to go to a, go to his parents. What happens if a person goes through that portal? I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, Chris? I think that the time travel thing is off the table for sure. Uh, you know, it all comes down to how are they going to mishandle the Yuzan Vong invasion by another name? It's something to do with preparing the galaxy for an external threat. And uh, they've alluded to it plenty. There's, you know, there's what what book is it where like Palpatine says something's calling to him from the unknown regions. And then like there's all there's a bunch of like comic stuff about Snoke, like always looking and lo- looking like beyond the galaxy and unknown regions. Like there's some they, they, they need to up the ante for an, a new threat. It's going to be something like that. It's just how do they redo that and reset the board for episode seven? That's the, that's the part that seems almost disingenuous for me because like they have to be building up to something that's going to leave the galaxy in a extraordinary mess. And uh, it's just weird to see that we go from that to episode seven. So I'm, so that makes you inclined to think it's going to be some sort of weird hand wavy world between worlds thing, because it's just, you know, it's just, they're they're just so f- creatively beyond 
where the galaxy is in episode seven now that it's like it's a shame they're working in that that brief window because of that so it makes you think they're gonna try and invent some way to get around that but i don't know if that i don't know if that would be authorized so so uh either either thrawn gets diffused in a very unsatisfying fashion or they they find some way to uh make it seem like the battle of jakku was the craziest thing that happened between return of the jedi and episode seven i don't know that's the weird part for me is lining it up because it's shaping up to be far more exciting than it should be i don't know because like also tie into what uh remember what was it the second to last episode of the mandalinian season three with captain pallion and like they're clearly aware of thrawn so i know chris you keep saying these shows kind of run concurrently ahsoka season one and season three of the mandalinian that's what hat man said so yeah i i don't know like the way pallion describes it like thrawn's already floating around so i don't know i well it's i think it's just he's he had he had you know uh they mentioned it briefly in this most recent episode that thrawn says to morgan so you heard me uh trying to message you like he's using the night sisters to speak directly to morgan somehow or hear me out how did she get all the funding and get all the stuff to build this thing because she was she was she was you know she was pre-existing coruscant wealth bro she had a shipping company I'm no, I'm saying that there was some connection to the the remnant of the empire was helping with this situation because they knew there was a chance they could get thrown back. That's why it's being uttered around that there's something in the works to get thrown to return. So that's because the, the whole infrastructure of the new republic is basically they're still using imperial loyalists with them, and it's going through the government. That's why they could do it off the grid. You're going to see if Thrawn does make it to the other galaxy, he's not going to sit there and mow through everything. Those ships are going to explode because he's going to have some sort of detonator in the in the hyperspace engines. Nah, he's going to mow through them with no. actual tactics. and His tactics were that they've already set this up. They booby-trapped mm. all of the ships. And the engines, because that that one plant that they were getting that giant hyperdrive engine out so they could go power the universal donut was uh, wasn't the only hyper hyperdrive. How 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 sweet is it going to look when the Chimera pulls into that hyperspace ring and looks like Obi Wan Kenobi's Jedi Starfighter times a thousand? Yeah. It's going to be beautiful. Like, again, there's a couple of like, again, this episode, once again, was another table setting episode. Like you've established the fact that, again, Thrawn has rebuilt his stormtrooper force through night troopers, which can't be argued with, again, night sisters, night brothers from other forms of Star Wars media. The thing that Zenger said, the big word, the the SAT word that I don't know how to pronounce, the idea of reforging things that are broken. Oh, oh, yeah. It's it's a Japanese thing. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, they also utilized it with uh, Kylo Ren's mask. But there's emphasis here from Japanese (gasps) culture with that. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's like like poetry. Rise of Skywalker connection. Um, (laughs) But the other thing is this, the whole repairing the ship with that, it's 
this whole cult-like following of Thrawn and everything, well, too. But, that's, that, but again, Zenger, going back to Heir of the Empire, that's what he had. The, no, the people I know. That he, the few people he had left worshipped him because he and treated them well. And that's in the books, too. Like, the mm-hmm. new, the in-canon books. Like, everybody that works under him, like, respects the living crap out of him. Cause and he, that's – and that's one piece, again, that's one piece of table setting. The idea that he mentioned, because they mentioned sending more reinforcements for Balin and Shin, he's like, no, like two squads will be more than adequate called, uh, based on our numbers. Yeah. I, I think, again, when he, again, he's going to show up to where the New Republic fleet is. It's going to be one of those things where it's like, it's going to be Harris Court Martial, and they're going to be like, and the verdict is, and you're going to hear the, Wah! And it's gonna be like there's there, there's a, a massive object coming out of light speed, and that's what's good. And it's gonna be him with this dilapidated star destroyer, and they're gonna, and he probably like, huh, we're gonna be able to beat them. And he's like with like three Tie fighters and like a Tie bomber, just gonna just tear them apart. He's just and gonna I park at it, the end of a long chasm so that they all have to attack him <laughs> face on. It's it's pretty it's much to do that. Like thought Thawne can just show up and be like, perhaps, and it's going to blow up like five ships. I don't know, man. Like, they can't, like... And he said it, too. He did say it. He said perhaps, and we also got them verbally saying... Like I said, perfect episode. I don't know. I guess I also think... I also think it's provocative as well, even the last scene with him where he's like, I want to know everything about this Ahsoka Tano. What's her history? Who was her master? And it's like, there's Thrawn Alliance's Zenger. There's yeah. Thrawn alliances like, like you're, you're, gonna get, you're you're gonna get Anakin again at some point. They're, they did not just use him for for one episode. Not saying he's gonna show up again. He's gonna sit on a log with her, and they're going to reminisce about from a certain point of view what occurred. But I do think you, you can't say have Thrawn ask who is this person's master. And if you've read any of the ancillary media, which is God, what what this show is built on, just reading and watching things that aren't it. I, again, I think this is a pat on the head for everybody who's who's consumed the non-live action media. Yeah. Okay. I'd love to know. Go ahead. I, I just want to say something. Zach, your thoughts on Thrawn live action. Is it perfect? Could it could they have done something different? Mm, like all I'll say is that what watching it Tuesday night. I like again, like you know he's coming. Like we get that shot, that pan out shot is we see him walk in, in between all the night troopers and I'm like, okay. Chanting like, his name. Oh yeah, that too. And again, hell hell of an appearance. Like talk about building something up for so long. Like and I'm not just talking about this season. I mean just as a Star Wars fan, ever since again, I can still remember in my dorm room in college. It's Twitter, October 2012, and seeing like Star Wars like trending on every trending topic, being like, "What's happening?" And the first and like one of the trending topics was heir to the Empire. Like it's it was the fate accompli that it was okay if they're going to do Episode Seven, it has to be Thrawn, and it's oh god, eleven years of that for me. And when he showed up. I was a little bit nervous because that one screenshot from that one trailer, it, it's rough. it looked wonky, but I, this is the thing I'll say is that going into it further and further, 
the wonkiness adds to the uneasy nature. Thrawn's not meant to be an aesthetically looking, like aesthetically pleasing looking alien. Like even like, yes, he has the pupils, which I prefer that he just had like the piercing red glowy eyes. But I think there's something so uncanny in how he looks and how the makeup is not uncanny in a bad way. Like everybody's doing their job. I think it's conveying a sense of uneasiness subconsciously which is something that is so subdued relative to like Lord Emperor Snoke, who's meant to be like this deformed alien or what we would later find out a clone. There's a difference between hitting us over the head with it so blatantly like, oh, look at this like eight foot tall deformed alien versus, oh, this is this book character, animated character now being in live action with the same guy who did his voice and I think every scene with him, it, it first the makeup is uncanny, but the further and further you go into the scene, it 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 becomes very just oh like this. There's something off about this guy. He's a little too intelligent, and he knows what he's doing. And he's there's something unsettling about how he looks. And I think that's and then going back to how many decades of Thrawn lore from the books, the comics. That's why all the Imperial people never liked him either until they worked under him and they realized how intelligent and just, I don't want to say kind, but just that he was, oh God, what would you call it? He, I don't want to say humanistic, but he, he, he empathized with them. Yes, yeah. he, he empathized with their, with when they exuded positive traits, even if it ended in a less than dire, desirable outcome. No, I think, is there room for improvement? Of course, there's always room for improvement across any of this, but I think it does exactly what it needs to do, and it has subtext and a layer to it that I'm not used to Disney Star Wars having. Oh, yeah. Like, just the combination of, like, the combination of the the two Jedi, uh, two former Jedi, Thrawn and Morgan, are like Morgan being like the weakest link of of the four. But it's like these guys are just so much. It's 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 so much easier for me to take them seriously than like any other Disney era villain we've had so far. Like Moff yep. Gideon was pretty pretty good and in the first two seasons, he's a, he's laughable in season three. It's like, he's an afterthought and they gave him Iron Man armor that was achieved through a sound effect. It's like, it's, he lost all his narrative reasoning, right? Like these guys feel like they have a purpose. They feel like, they feel like they, they, um, they actually know what they're doing. Like, like it's so great that they could just port thrown over and sort of, he starts with all this context and it's the same actor uh, I think it's. I think it's. I think it came off great. I was. I thought. It, I thought he was going to look funny. He looks a bit funny. I think they should have made him look a little more rugged. Maybe he has like an Anakin eyeball scar or something. I think they should like. But you know, it's it's fine considering considering how badly it could have gone. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I I think the one of the reasons he's in better shape than a lot is because. I think the troopers under him are like handling, like making sure he's being taken care of. Well, he's also just, he's the last living person on the whole ship, right? Singer. Uh, Anyways. um, I, I, like like I said, the, the, the the reveal of the night troopers was a first, like, what is this? And then him entering my only criticism and it's bothered me. And I figured out why he doesn't have the widow's peak hairline. 
that he does in most of the art. The eyes, he does kind of have pupils in a lot of the art, like the perhaps thing I use all the time. He does have the pupils, but they're not as blatant as they are here. It's one of those things I think they towed the line just enough. And I mean, is it perfect? No. I Do I think I could have done better? No, because they did the whole like how he has that overemphasized brow thing where his like above his eye sticks out a little bit like they did that to where it didn't look goofy as crap they could have done this to where he could have looked goofy as crap and they pulled it off with enough gusto to make it work in my opinion like i said i i, I was nervous and yeah he's got a dad bob and i'm like oh, whatever it, it's it, I'm, I'm i'm happy yeah that, well as far as the dad bod like canonically he's supposed to be about 70 years old so like cut him some slack that might not matter you know what i'm gonna look up how old thrawn is real quick <laughs> well like i said i think the thing that's most important about thrawn is the gravitas is there at no point do you look at him and be like oh geez like they're not doing like he walked into the room and every scene subsequent after that he 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 sucks the air out of it. He's the focal point, and that's what he was in the Legends novels. Yep, and I wasn't laughing. He was always the one controlling the room. So according to this, according to this, um, oh my god, where where's Russ? This is coming from the Mary Sue. Everyone knows that canonically Thrawn was born in fifty nine BBY, so he's about yeah, seven was- in this show. Uh, 68 to 71, but well, what does that matter for a chist? That might be young. They don't, I don't think they've ever specified like whether that matters as we've established multiple times in other episodes of the show. What does age matter in this? Like what's well, oh, in legends, in legends, the average human would get to like 140. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> Except you for know. except for if you lived on tattooing, you instantly aged like forever long. Like just yeah, old. yeah. That's um, not the place if you want to you want to keep it together. Um, no, but you know that it's. I, but you know they're not paying attention to age. They're not paying attention to the fact that Sabine's thirty because she has the reasoning skills of a of a sixteen year old, and you know it's 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 they're sort of they're sort of making it take place right after rebels even though that's not at all the case chronologically but um it, you know it, it it's the 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 idea of thrawn and him like the thrawn versus ahsoka part of it i'm into i think the new republic is like is like really not delivering on like how like believability and like especially coming you're gonna take gwendolyn uh sorry genevieve o'reilly out of andor and put her in this like cartoon like job where she's like the worst like the the new republic's just terrible and can't do anything after after andor like come on like anyway but you know the idea but i'm excited about sort of a face-off between ahsoka and thrawn especially after these last two episodes so like I'm I'm interested in it. Thrawn seems to be a compelling, real car- non-cartoon character, even though he came from a cartoon. So it's it's good, you know. I I take him seriously as a threat, and I'm not giggling when I see him on screen. So we're off to we're off to a great start. I think that he is going to play mental games with her over the fact that her master became Lord Vader. 
I think that's what he's going to come at her with, which is going to harken back to episode six. That's my thought. Huh? Five. Oh, my bad. Yeah, five. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. No, I definitely, I I concur. Like, again, they're going to put a pin in this season. It's. I think it's going to have a somewhat satisfying ending. And like I said, this is, again, Zenger, you're the, uh, again, and Joe as well. This is your... Avengers Age of Ultron ending. This is your I'll do it myself as I grab the Infinity Gauntlet. And and we have what three more years until you get a payoff to that to that one line of dialogue. Hey. Like, like I said, I'm excited. I got the Chimera in live action. Battle damage too, so that's bonus points. I got Thrawn in live action, and I got these new troopers that I'm just like loving it. I'm I'm I am having McDonald's right now because I'm loving it. Well, the one thing, too, is they're slowing the pace of it. And that's the the other thing that the, the sequel trilogy was rushed. Yeah. Everything about it was rushed. Now they're actually taking their time and they're going to develop a story from it. And you sit there, it's going to be like the perfect closure to, to their Disney Plus shows. But, you know, it, why? Because they're, they're actually sitting there and taking the time and telling good storytelling. It's good, Joe, but they move at such a glacial pace. Was it completely off the table to like make this a satisfying like single piece? Like, could they have added four episodes and like actually finished something before like management decides that they're not interested in that story anymore? Like, I I hope I hope we get there. You're right, Chris. They should have had another two episodes of this. One of them focusing completely on what's Boba Fett doing right now. Wow. <laughs> you know he'll show up if they do make this Mandoverse movie. Like, you are aware he will be like. Well, he was in this already. He got to be Rex. We didn't even talk about Rex. Well, Rex is barely, is not even in it. He's well, like, I was about to say, why, why do we need to talk about something that's perfect? Why are we even wasting all this time? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We didn't mention the fact that it's the first time we've ever seen Rex with Tamora Morrison's voice. It's perfection. We don't need to talk about perfection. What? That's one where I will I will give I will give the crit, the Chris side of the argument some validation and say like the idea of not hearing D Badly Baker's voice come out of Rex's helmet is like again, you can barely notice, but it is like, huh. It was being done from Ahsoka's memory because as we established, we weren't in a world between worlds. We were just in her memories of stuff. Disagree. So Disagree. apparently her memory Disagree. altered his voice. Of course. To a voice Morrison. she's never heard before in her life. Zach, massive difference. D. Bradley Baker is impersonating Tamira Morrison. Ashley Eckstein originated the Ahsoka character and she's in episode nine. Therefore, it should have been her in the flashback. Case closed. I will see you in court. But um, okay. Hills that have been died on in these recent episodes. How many X-wing pilots are dead? I was right. Should Ashley X the? <laughs> no, you weren't. You said three. We're obviously two were dead. That's why three survived. Oh, whatever. Two were dead. I was right. Chris said they all survived because they all have plot armor, including John Wayne's son. <laughs> I was right. You know what? I think he's one of them that survived. Oh please. They didn't. They they 
they could have destroyed those X wings in a way you could definitively tell that they were dead. They chose not to. What they blew up? How do you make? What do you want to do? Do you evaporate? They just fly off on fire. You need to. You need to confirm the kill. We established that in that epi- that very episode. No one ever truly dies. I'm not trying to go back to that guy. It's not me that's doing this. All right, but but. Okay, I'm just saying, like you know, the writing we got thrown earlier, but they've got they've got an an hour and twenty minutes if we're lucky to wrap this up. Like you know, it's going to end on some sort of like semi satisfying cliffhanger. No, it's going to end on some balls to the wall cliffhanger that I'm going to be overly enthralled with, overly enthralled with. Oh. <laughs> and, but and there's no and like we don't even really know. Uh, like where this is like like the that move the supposed felony movie does that even have like a incorrect release date is it like t- 2026 or something like it, not that it would matter if they had put a date on it because it will never be accurate anyways but like do we know where this story is going to play out like is there a we don't even know if there's a mandalorian season coming out before ahsoka season two like we have no like you know what i mean they don't like, want to announce it, that yet they want to have this complete so that everyone yeah. can focus on this. Is the next series Skeleton Crew or The Acolyte? Skeleton Crew is completely canceled, Zach. Everyone knows that. No. It just got delayed. They already filmed it. They canceled it with it all being filmed. It got detoured? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can we use that as a verb, Zenger, to get detoured? Like, yes. oh, we should mention that the Taiko Watiti film was detoured. Yes. And how was it? And how was it announced? Him making a snide comment at an awards show. He's like, yeah. I hope someone else finishes their Star Wars film because I found it impossible. <laughs> Something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah well you know you you are in, in a good company taika with you know with with pat patty jenkins still hasn't been <laughs> let out of that tesla you know what i mean all right but <laughs> so as of september 14th at 7 11 p.m um oh wait this was updated it was originally posted uh july 23rd let's see the updated part i can't find the updated part um Star Wars Lando movie status unknown. So there's well, that's that. a legend now. That's an alleged. It went from a TV show to a movie. Uh, Rogue yeah. Squadron status unknown. Don't, um, that's been that's Jedi Order movie in development. Dave Filoni Mandoverse movie in development. Yeah, uh, ancient well, Jedi saying, so, movie in development. So, Taika Watiti like, no. Star Wars movie. Oh man, I may need to get a better up to date one because this just said in development too. Yeah, mm. gonna yeah, well, go. They, you know, none of the canceled ones have been officially canceled. That's the thing. Nothing's it's ever just, truly canceled. Everyone just knows <laughs> that it's canceled. They just don't want to say it because it's bad PR. Can we please get like like a little like someone needs to make like an infographic or something or like a little like caricature and it's called like the Lucasfilm graveyard and it has like all these tombstones for all these films that never I was got just off the ground. The same. Yeah. Okay. So according to this website, Skeleton Crew live action series Disney Plus. Uh it's unclear whether or not Skeleton Crew is going to be pushed into early 2024 at the time of writing. Uh Acolyte season 1 and or season 2 untitled Star Wars movie, untitled Star Wars movie, untitled Star Wars movie all having theatrical releases. 
Well, because next year we're getting, they're definitely getting the Acolyte. I'm 99% certain they're not dumping Skeleton Crew at the holiday time period. So there's two live action there. Um, you got another season of Tales of the Jedi, supposedly. And uh, doesn't, they're waiting what? Until, yeah, they're waiting. Andor is going to be next fall, I believe, right? Yeah, well, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, I'm saying optimistically for the actual you know, we got two more episodes and then they're not going to finish the story. And then optimistically, what we either wait, we like, they're not going to Filoni's movies, not going to be before Ahsoka season two, which might be two. We might wait two years for that. So I, I'm, I don't know. I'm just saying like that. I would feel comfortable in saying that you're probably getting the cowboy hat movie sometime in 2026, probably de- it's either going to be May or December, 2026. When's Zenger, when does, um, uh, Kang Dynasty is supposed to come out now. Canceled. Oh, well, sorry. Detoured. No. When when is that supposed to come out? Because I know they I changed have the date. No on clue. Sanger, you're like, you're like, oh my god, you like Marvel stuff hardwired into your brain. Not anymore. I don't. It, it all kind of left to fill with other stuff. Nice. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm just saying. Like, I just hope that I hope they can deliver something that doesn't make me mad that I have to wait for two years in the next two episodes. That's all I'm saying. May 1st of 2026. Then it's coming out in December. You're going to get the Cowboy Hat movie in December of 2026. That gives them three plus years to do what they what they have to. Gives them a year of pre-production and then a year of principal photography and then a year of post-production. Okay, so you're not getting yes. the James Mangold movie. That's dead on arrival. Ever since Solo bombed, he's in director's jail again. That's detoured on arrival. Everyone forgot that existed. No, nah, I saw it on some websites. And the Ray movie again. I don't see how episode episode ten without the episode ten is a good idea right now. Maybe in like ten years, I could see them doing that. But to do episode ten again, like no, that 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 doesn't make sense. What a ballsy announcement that was. Like, that is so unlikely to happen. But that's classic Lucasfilm, though. It's just we do, like, they announce things for the sake of announcing them. Like, if I may, the go, like, Zenger will appreciate this back into, like, Disney theme park nonsense. That, like, at D23, they announced that, like, oh, we're going to, like, take the dinosaur part of Animal Kingdom and we're going to make it into, like, South America world with Encanto and Indiana Jones. And it's like if you like actually read the transcript of what the, like the talking head said, it's like, oh, we are like imagine like imagine like oh god, what were I saying? We are blue skying these ideas. It's like they're not again, they just throw information out there for a headline and they test how that headline like people react to it. It's just like it's gone to that point now that until like it's like Chris, you probably remember. Remember the Terry Gilliam Don Quixote movie that like started, stalled, started, stalled like a dozen times? And eventually happened. It eventually happened, but it took what, 15 years? And it was the most like lackluster thing in the world? Well, if it didn't take 15 years, it might not have seemed so lackluster. But yeah, I hear you saying. But that's, but I think that's what they're, again, I think with Star Wars movies, is that like, I think they've slowly come to the, like, Oh God, the state of mind that like you can't do like you can't just keep shoveling Star Wars stuff onto the fire. It's gonna eventually be like wet kindling fire. It's just nothing's gonna happen. Star Wars has to be a sensation every 10, 10 to fifteen years. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something real quick because we could do this all night. Um 
I think the Howler design was cool. It, it was definitely Filoni going, I want a wolf, but I don't want a wolf. And someone goes, don't worry, I got you. And um, yeah, I can't wait for us to argue about the last two episodes and how, you know, it's perfect. And I just, I'm just going to get so much in Atmosphere Star Destroyer. I'm going to have my little heart to its content. Toy question for Zanger. Toy question? I'm, I'm there for it. Yes, I would buy it. Next month, Next, I, I, I buy it. Ten days from now, they will be releasing the Lego UCS Venator. Oh, I forgot you. You don't appreciate men. You still don't appreciate the Venator. It does not have orbital bombardment capability. Yes, it does. It has the cannons on top. Well, whatever. Zenger or anybody else on this call for for matter. Would you rather have the UCS Lego Venator or a Lego UCS Chimera? Oh my god, dude! If I had a Chimera, wait, a Chimera from this episode? Either or, it can be Rebels or this dealer's choice. God, either, hands down. <laughs> Over the I- Venator? Oh god, yes. Like, 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 if I could have a Chimera, like Star Destroyer, in, in any way, shape, or form. Like here, here's a, here's a deep cut reference playing um the squadrons game. Yeah, I had the little hologram of the remember the Chimera up on my up on my Tie Fighter, and also that thing would sit in my in my freaking king size bed. Ellie would have to get a new bed. Me and that Chimera. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, take it a step back from there, Joe. If there's one piece of toy merchandise you can make off of Ahsoka so far, what would it be? I would probably make. We were talking about this before. Chopper. Just, There's a good just chopper. a chopper. Yeah, just a chopper. Well, well. Once again, Joe. Not to end another episode with me yelling at you, but you're wrong. Obviously, you would want a life-size Marook standee to have in your house. Duh. The 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 unspoken hero of this show. Well, there's a, and also Joe. There's a really good Ahsoka branded chopper at uh, at Disneyland that they just released. So that's I saw it. Go take it. Pretty cool. It's like it's like a hundred bucks, and it's like a chopper, and it looks like how he does in the show. It's pretty cool. Chris, same question applies to you. One piece of uh, Star uh, Ahsoka toy merchandise. What would it be? Oh, he's gonna talk oh, about some three eighth inch figure. Yeah, of, it, it would have to be the, it, or something. Yeah, it would have to be that. Maybe like just you know, I would I would I'm inclined to say something I know we're not gonna get because the obvious stuff we'll just get. Like um reissued Ahsoka from Mandalorian figure with a Ahsoka show branding on it, which we already got. But I mean I wouldn't be mad about uh what do you say the name of this like this goblin wolf is? I wouldn't be mad about a three and three quarter version Howler. of that. Yeah, those are pretty cool. They're hideous. They look like they were actually like somewhat thoughtfully designed, and they it's it's they got some good character. I I, w- I would buy one of those for like what it, a three and three quarter one of these howlers in in Canadian dollars would probably be like eighty bucks. I would still do it. <laughs> Man, that that poor poor Canadian funny money. Oh okay. oh yeah, I just Hold- oh I just got I just got a I just paid my uh bit fat bib Fortuna playset finally shipped. Two of those in Canadian dollars shipped was seven hundred and twenty oh bucks. God. Oh my god! Good God! <laughs> oh my God! Chris. So, so just so we can play this game, 
Zach, what toy would you have on from the To be stores? fair, I wasn't I wasn't trying to lead the discussion. Like I was genuinely curious. But you have an answer. Um I don't know, man. Like like I like the moment they put up that like Lars Mickelson like Thrawn hot toys figure, like I'm just gonna throw my wallet like at the computer monitor, <laughs> like like that's a that's that's a done yeah. deal. I'm like sold. I, I want him. Yep, and because they're going to reuse a, some other body, he won't be out of shape. So you have that going. Heck yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, the laziness pays off eventually. It's like a broken clock being right twice a day. But will he have the knickers? Ooh. He's got to have the knickers. He, he has to have. The, he, he, he'd be better. Ideally, he'd be like a Barbie and come with interchangeable ones. Oh, I'd love it. All right, wrap it right. up, Zach. So conclude this episode of Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out the Facebook group, type Knights of Vader in the Facebook, and you will find us there waiting for you at KOV Podcast. Harass Chris. Tell Chris that that Ahsoka is actually in the world between worlds. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate us on Spotify. It certainly helps in the metrics. Kind of shocked that like – I think we only have about 20 ratings on Spotify, but a lot of a much larger podcasts have only like single digits. Um, thank you to everybody who has rated us. Thank you to N Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. In the meantime, C- Cinemates is kicking back up with me and Rob as Monstober is on the horizon. I think it will be probably next Monday. The annual Goosebumps episode, the kickoff of Monstober, will be occurring, so check out that. But in the meantime, when you are not listening to Rob and I discuss the Geesebumps, Grand Admiral Zenger, when you are not kicking Ellie out of your bed to put a Lego toy, what are you up to? Um, well, of course, we have the Zingness podcast where you tons of great episodes. Um, we will be going into Zingtober, but it will be a – it will be a slim Zingtober, so we'll be, of course, talking about a Treehouse of Horror and probably doing some other fun October-themed stuff. But uh, also, besides that, I do want to reemphasize, please please go, go to the Facebook page. There's been some fun conversations, and me getting to post, perhaps, constantly. That, that, that picture has been, like, on my top used recently because I'm getting some use out of it. So, But when, when, when you're not monitoring the Facebook page, Facebook feeds. Chris, where can people find more from you? Yeah, I stole Zach's All right. thunder. Yeah, so, so you know, um, I, I mentioned it a couple times. Uh, it's been out It's been out for a, a couple weeks now, but, like, oh, man. So, like, you know, I helped. I uh, uh, In August, I helped out with this this uh, this Star Wars event in Toronto where we reunited three guys who worked at the car Star Wars cartoons at Nelvana. That panel is in the Vintage Rebellion podcast, episode 105. That's the most recent one. And this is true, and I'm going to say it sounds insane, but that is a five-hour podcast, and this panel starts at hour three hours and 18 minutes. I, but, you know, and I've commented that on everything. I, I'll, I'll have it on YouTube eventually, but man, just if you at all think that might be amusing to you, I promise those guys are hilarious and it's a insane insight into the debauchery that was going on during uh, the production of the holiday special cartoon and droids and Ewoks cartoons. Those guys hadn't talked to each other in 30 years and they had a great time. God, I wish I could not talk to Zach for 30 years. Anyways, Joe, where can people find more from you? Ow. Ow. <laughs> well, after I'm done cleaning my computer, uh, I'm going to be 
Uh, we just taped a, the first of a new episode of Wheel of Convo, so that should be coming out hopefully within the next week. Um, that's about it. Alrighty, folks. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, may the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>